This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, and happy NFL Draft Eve, everybody. I hope that you've uh, prepared the house and uh, yourself for the big three days that uh, lie ahead of us as we've reached a very important uh, marker in the NFL offseason. I know all of us here on Airline Drive are excited. It's a special time of year. It's a bit of a tense time of year. But there is an air of excitement in the building here this week as we enter the 2017 NFL Draft with round one on Thursday and then subsequent rounds on Friday and Saturday. I'm going to tell you all about our coverage coming up here in just a little bit. But uh, obviously the news with Adrian Peterson this week and and already in combination with the free agent news, the, uh, the Saints are making some very good progress as a, as a, with regard to building their team for the upcoming season one that proves to be difficult based on that schedule we saw last week but the nfl draft is finally here and uh we're ready we're ready to go and uh john DeShazer will be here in just a moment to give us his uh nfl draft eve uh presentation i'll ask him uh, everything i can think of at least as far as what we can talk about without knowing fully what's going to happen here for the black and gold and what uh, mickey loomis and jeff ireland and uh, sean payton and everyone will be doing uh, over the next uh, couple of days. And then, of course, then then once we get through the draft, then you have the undrafted free agent process. It just goes on and on. But soon football will be back on the field again. But very soon here we're going to know a lot more about the uh, roster for the upcoming season. Uh, everybody says it's a deep draft. We'll see. I think that as a part of our coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com, uh, I'll be asking Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland how deep they think the draft is in relation to um, – perhaps what the Saints' needs are or what they have on their board, as much as they're able to share. Speaking of that draft coverage, it begins tomorrow night at NewOrleansSaints.com and on your Saints mobile app, presented by Verizon. We'll get going at 7 Central, take you all the way through, not only the Thursday night first round, but also uh, the uh, post-round presser with uh, probably Sean Payton, although Mickey Loomis may speak, uh, but that coverage will be a very... um, saints oriented and we've got lots of stuff to present to you of course you know of course you can watch the nfl draft on nfl network and espn and get kind of that pick by pick coverage and all that but if you want something very saint centric if you want in-depth analysis about the saints needs if you want to hear from the executives and the coaching staffs of the new orleans saints and and certainly uh hear from the selections themselves the saints currently at 11 and 32 um that's where you'll want to be and so whether it's your primary source tomorrow night or on Friday night, or on Saturday, or it's a it's a secondary source. I think I think you're going to enjoy the coverage, and I think you'll get something out of it uh, that pertains to your team. All right. So with that being said, we've got plenty to talk about coming up in just a moment with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com, and uh, then before we wrap up on this Wednesday, our final black and blue report prior to the draft, I do have a couple of uh, notes about the Pelicans. I want to pass along. So, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com will start us off. And we'll also today have Chris Brown from BuffaloBills.com to get the story on the Bills. Why, you ask? Well, you know why. The Bills pick at 10, the Saints at 11. So we need to finish off our draft preview series with the Buffalo Bills. Daniel Salerson will visit with Chris Brown as a part of our show today as well. Quick timeout, and then we jump into it with J.D., 
here on the Black and Blue Report. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy Lineman and Safety Specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com. The future is bright for our New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins, along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. For a limited time, receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. So don't miss out on any of the action. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Our pre-draft coverage on today's Black and Blue Report continues with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com, who later today be on his way to Philadelphia to, car- to cover tomorrow's first round of the 2017 NFL Draft. Are you all packed, my man? Uh, all packed and ready for the uh, excitement to begin in Philly. Uh, yeah. Can't wait. to. I've, I've actually never covered a, a draft in person. Uh, so I'm hoping uh, that it's a lot more exciting than what you see on TV because obviously you're sitting around just watching on TV. <laughs> but uh, I got a feeling, that, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, electricity flowing around because, I mean, you're talking about guys, this is the opportunity of a lifetime, a once-in-a-chance, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, they'll never have this night back. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it from, from that standpoint. Yeah, and Philly too. Uh, I'm hearing reports that the fans are excited and, and tarked off at the same time. Typical Philly. They're excited because – the draft is in their city. They're tarked off because the draft is in their city and they've shut down a huge portion of, the, of of a very key piece of downtown for this big event. That's Philly. They better be glad it didn't snow and otherwise they'd be throwing snowballs and whatnot at, at everybody who's walking by. So, yeah, but that's Philly. I mean, they love it and then they hate it at the exact same time. So, you know, maybe they'll be throwing cheesesteaks around or something. I just wish we'd make the commissioner run the Rocky steps before every pick. Um, he'll have to do it because I won't be doing it. Although, <laughs> you know what? Now that's a lie. I, I am gonna run those steps because I just want to see. I want to see. Um, one. Um, if I don't pass out and die from it, but I just want to see. I want to get that experience because you know. I mean, that's one of the iconic movie scenes ever, right? Running those steps. So I, you know, it'll be the first time I will have had the chance to run the steps. I will make sure that I'm not carrying my backpack and my laptop because it's kind of heavy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna run it. I'm gonna see. Okay. 
and then maybe do a report for us. We'll see. If I can catch my breath after that. Maybe I should do the report before I run this. Good steps. idea. Good idea. Let's talk about what the Saints have, at least uh, starting here, obviously, at the start with round one. As it stands right now, picks 11 and 32. John, as you've uh, kind of, I guess, worked your way through this a little bit and, and maybe listened to some reports that you can rely on and some that maybe you can't, <laughs> your thoughts on maybe uh, what the Saints might do here uh, on the Thursday, during Thursday's first round. Well, if reports are to be believed, uh, they're leaning toward holding on to their top three picks, which in essence would obviously take them out of the Malcolm Butler sweepstakes. Uh, they believe, uh, if you listen to what you hear, that they can find a cornerback within those first three picks who can come in and immediately be a starter. And right now, to be honest with you, I don't need necessarily know if that person has to immediately be a starter because, you know, not wood and health, Depending, if Delvin Bro is right, if P.J. Williams is right, if Sterling Moore is okay, then you've got three starting quality cornerbacks right there. Uh, and not to mention, you know, the amount of snaps Ken Crawley got as, as a rookie. So the Saints might be pretty set at cornerback if health uh, is intact. But to be able to draft one that high would add to that, uh, that bounty that they already have. And, of course, you know, they've – targeted a rush in they've said they have to have a rush in and there's been nothing that has happened this offseason to offset the need to get a rush in so you would imagine that somewhere in, in those first couple of picks they have to take a guy who can rush the passer you've got to take a guy who can defend the pass a cornerback uh, and then after that you know maybe it gets a little bit you know a little bit uh, a little bit more daring I guess you know maybe offensive minded but you know, Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, says, look, you know, the way you the way you play defense now is that you got to have a guy who can rush or you got to have a guy who can d defend the pass. And they still need guys in those areas. So if they hold on to those picks, I don't see any reason to believe that uh, at 11 and 32, they won't lean in those directions. And then maybe at 42, you know, maybe lean a little bit more offensive. Running back would be the first thing that would come to mind, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, you would think running back, but you know, Coach Sean Payton. Look, man, he has said from the beginning two two things he likes about this draft. Every time you try to you know talk to him about defense, he likes the quarterback class. Uh, he said that early, and he likes his running back class. And yeah, running back would seem to be high on the list because Tim Hightower is now in San Francisco. That means Mark Ingram is your really only heavy duty back, unless Daniel Lasco is going to be that guy. And I think, to be honest with you, Daniel Lasco has shown a lot more valuable, a lot more value as a special teamer uh, than as a running back. Now, could he fill in and be a valuable running back? Well, he probably could, but then that might take away from some of what he does really well on special teams. But I think they're going to draft a running back. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a heavy-duty guy to back up Mark Ingram and share the load with him or if it's going to be a jack-of-all-trades guy uh, because there you only have Marcus Murphy who – essentially was benched last season and Travaris cadet. Uh, so they need another kind of, you know, that, that Joker type, that Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush type to fill that role. And maybe they'll try to get him in the draft. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised and maybe you, you correct me if I need to be corrected. Wouldn't be surprised if an offensive lineman slides in here at some point well, over uh, the next couple of days. Yeah, And again, that's another thing that he said, you know, he wants to draft a young offensive lineman. Look, they seem pretty set across the line from left tackle to right guard. But when you get to right tackle, as good as Zach Streif was last year and as formidable and steady as he has been over his Saints career, Zach Streif will be entering his 12th season. And so you have to make 
uh, preparations to play without Zach uh, as much now as you ever have. And they've tried to. You know, they drafted Andrews Pete to play right tackle. <laughs> and Andrews Pete simply couldn't do it. He couldn't play right tackle. He couldn't play right guard. He's much better on the left side. Uh, he's at left guard now. But when Teron Armstead couldn't go, he was able to play left tackle. He's going to be on the left side. He's anchored in there, and that's where he's going to be most effective. But they still have to find a right tack, a right tackle guy to be able to play and sub in for Zach Streif, and maybe that's the guy that you know he's going to be your extra tight end. He's going to have, go in your heavy jumbo packages. But they've got to get another guy, and um, that's one of the things that Coach Payton said. Also, he wants to get a young offensive lineman out of this draft. The last couple of drafts we've seen Mickey Loomis trade up, um, not not to the top of the first round, but there's been movement to get particular guys. Uh, does the MO fit again here uh, as far as that go? Do the picks even set up right to where you could – let's say let's say you got to that third-round pick. Would you say 42, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 42. That's – That's second round. Yeah, that's second round. Right. Sorry, let's let's say you get to that 42 or, or, um, or that third-round pick and there's somebody still on your board that you value higher than others seemingly – do, do they have the ability then to kind of do what they did last year and maybe that's combo a couple and move up to get exactly the player they want? I, th- I think they could, but I, I think they like the the strength and volume, you know, the five picks out of the first 103. I think they like that concept um, because they feel like this is a deep draft and they think they're going to be able to get quality guys at all those spots. Now, yes, last year was – an abbreviated draft because of the because of the trades, so mm-hmm. they only had you know a limited amount of picks. But all those guys stuck last year, and all of them, you know, Sheldon Rankins, Von Bell, Michael Thomas, Daniel Onyemata, uh, excuse me, David Onyemata, and Daniel Lasco. Yeah, Every one of those guys made the team, and four of them made some pretty big contributions. The first four, Lasco got injured and didn't play a whole lot, but even when he did when he did play, he looked to, to be a core special teams guy. He looked like he was going to be a standout on special teams. So I think this year they feel like they'll get, and that's five picks, they'll get five of the first 103 in a deep draft where they feel like they'll be able to address specific needs, specifically a pass rusher, specifically a a cornerback, uh, specifically probably a running back, specifically maybe a a young offensive lineman, specifically probably a quarterback in some way because I'm I'm not sold this team isn't going to pick a quarterback. Uh, (laughs) I think they're going to pick a quarterback because he's been singing the praises of this quarterback class from the beginning. So I believe they'll hold on to him because I think they believe they can get quality picks early and a lot of them. All right, I think that's the perfect way to sum up a draft preview from John DeShazer. I do want to ask you one more question before you go. Uh, with the Saints picking at 11, there are some division teams there in the top 10. Uh, it's an interesting mix of teams in the top 10. Um, will it be kind of a dramatic first 10 picks leading up to the Saints at 11? Or do you think this is pretty easy to take a pen and start writing down the quote-unquote mock draft of the first 10 slots? I don't know. See, now is the time for so much, you know, false information passed out because you keep hearing, you know, what might or might happen with Mitchell Trubisky, the quarterback from North Carolina, who, he, look, man, he, he started 13 games and people are talking about him possibly being the number one overall pick. I just, that's insanity to me. And yet, you know, you give out the false information because, hey, if somebody's willing to jump and take him and give you the right kind of package, you do it if you're Cleveland or if you're San Francisco or anybody else that's high up. So, you know, there could be a team that, that'll be that'll say, you know what, I got to have him, and I got to have him. And if you pick him up high like that, I think it might throw, 
you know, a little turmoil in, turmoil in because now all of a sudden a team who's picking later says, well, man, we had him slotted at, you know, eight, for instance, and now we got to go and take Deshaun Watson or we got to take, you know, Patrick Mahomes or we got to take somebody to get a quarterback so we can have one. So all of a sudden you get an early rush on a position that otherwise probably would have been pretty stable. So with the draft, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, if it stays according to form, we'll have – not some, you know, some some pleasant drama for us because we're talking about LSU kids uh, going in the top ten. You know, whether it's be, whether it's safety Jamal Adams who might go top four, he could go as high as a safety has ever gone in the NFL draft. An LSU kid. We're talking about Leonard Fournette, uh, the running back from LSU, the New Orleans kid who went to Saint Saint Augustine High, uh, probably being drafted within the in the top ten. Everybody seems to have him slotted for Carolina. It seems to be a perfect offense for him to go to. So we're talking about some kids who will have an opportunity from local to go high. And so from that standpoint, you're excited about it. But, man, the drama will come if somebody decides, I've got to have Trubisky. Or somebody might say, you know, Cleveland, I have to have Miles Garrett. I need to have him, and I'll give you a bounty to get him. And all of a sudden, somebody jumps up with, you know, their first-round pick and a couple of second-rounders and next year's second-rounder or first-rounder. And all of a sudden, Cleveland's looking around saying, you know what, have him. So now what does that do to the draft? Because that'll take that team out of a position where somebody might have been saying, well, at 11, we had them projected to take so-and-so. Now they're not there anymore. That kid's there, and now somebody's going to take him earlier. We've seen mock drafts where defensive ends could be, you know, you might have three in the top ten picks, whereas at the end of the college football season the only guy anybody knew anything about was miles garrett right and now all of a sudden you know solomon thomas and the and the kid from uh Derek barnett i think from tennessee now all of a sudden these guys are popping up out of everywhere because you know you can all of a sudden just get a run on a position and they can throw everything into complete and ter- total turmoil turmoil and if you're the saints and you don't have a defensive end valued at 11 who's sitting there at 11, what do you do? Well, you probably go to corner. Right, <laughs> right. Kid, I think it'll be more interesting than the last two years because we've had some not-so-fortunate storylines appear with some guys here in the last yeah. couple of days. And like you said, there's been some position groups that all of a sudden have been more, I guess, um, um, sexy yeah. than others yeah, here all recently. Of, all of a sudden, you know, you'll get – a posi- it happens every draft, yep. a position group, and somebody will say, man, this this is the best-looking set of linebackers I've ever seen. <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden, you just get a run on linebackers, and it's like, okay, who is this kid? Where did this kid come from? And what does this film say? Because this film doesn't say he ought to be number eight. <laughs> but, you know, he had a great workout at the Combine, and now all of a sudden, if you talk yourself into it, you can talk yourself into picking anybody. Yeah, and anything can be said as well, as you'll find out over the coming days. I've been watching some – some uh, edited versions of previous drafts, even just in the last couple of years. And it's always interesting to sit there and hear what the analyst said about a particular kid on draft night and then what he actually turned out to be like as an NFL player. Take everything with a grain of salt. With a pound of salt. (laughs) (laughs) Safe travel, partner. Uh, I'll look for you on the other side of the camera tomorrow night on NewOrleansSaints.com and the Saints mobile app. Well, we're going to try to have some fun. We're going to see what we can get in Philly Philly, and and hope the Saints come out with at least a couple of starters on the first night. Yeah, that'd be outstanding. We'll be right back. 
Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you? Smoothie King's new and improved Slim and Trim meal replacement smoothies are here. Now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20-ounce cup, they're slimmer and trimmer than ever. Keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber. Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved Slim and Trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. We continue with our NFL draft preview leading up to Thursday's first round. Time to head up north to Buffalo where the Bills sit right in front of the Saints at pick number 10. Joining me now is Bills insider Chris Brown of BuffaloBills.com. Chris, thanks for coming on this morning. Yeah, good to be with you. Chris, uh, before we get to the draft, it's been a busy offseason for the Bills with a new head coach and staff, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you could say that. You know, unfortunately, the coaching carousel continues to turn here in Buffalo. Um, you know, since 2000, we're on our sixth or seventh coach. So uh, it's kind of tough for this team to gain any traction, any consistency uh, with the turnover at the top. And that just kind of filters down to the roster with changing schemes and players constantly having to adjust. So it's another rebuild here uh, in terms of philosophy and the way of doing things. And obviously the offensive and defensive schemes undergoing yet another change. So uh, it's going to be starting over at the drawing board again here this year. But I think a lot of people are encouraged that Sean McDermott is the kind of coach that they really need here, a true taskmaster, a grinder, uh, and a guy that is uh, single-handedly trying to change the culture here at One Bills Drive. Was he able to acquire some of the guys that he wants to play for him as far as free agency is concerned? Did they fill some of the holes they were looking for? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest holes they filled were at safety. Um, you know, they got Micah Hyde out of Green Bay, a uh, versatile defensive back who's probably going to uh, man one of the safety positions, also come down, work in the slot, cover the cover the slot receiver there at times. Uh, he was their big money acquisition and free agency. Uh, they finally changed things at the kicker spot after uh, two years of struggling by Dan Carpenter, one year with extra points, the next year with field goal attempts. Uh, they got Steven Hauschka from Seattle, uh, you know, a gamer of a kicker and a guy that's got a lot of playoff experience. And then they kind of went the budgetary route, you know, at wide receiver. I mean, Andre Holmes is probably the biggest name out of Oakland, but, you know, out there he was pushed down the depth chart, you know, with guys like Crabtree uh, and Amari Cooper out there. But uh, he'll have a chance to compete for the number two receiver role here behind Sammy Watkins. And then they filled in the roster with, uh, you know, some – more uh, second to third tier type receivers, you know, who will battle for the balance of the position uh, spots at that position. Uh, and then they just filled in with some backups, but, you know, they did invest heavily at the fullback position and Pat DeMarco, the two time pro bowler from Atlanta. I don't know if you're going to call it a rebuild in Buffalo, but with a new coach and a new staff and a new scheme, uh, the bills having six picks in this year's draft, do you see them trying to acquire more picks just to add so much more young talent onto the roster? Well, they did just add a seventh because uh, they lost running back Mike Gillisley 
in restricted free agency okay. to New England, who signed into an offer sheet Bills chose not to match. So they will have an extra five. So they go into the draft this week with seven, at least as it stands right now, uh, three of those being in the fifth round. But uh, they've got no fourth-round pick. They've got no seventh-round pick. Uh, and I know the fourth round is in that area that a lot of pro scouts are calling the sweet spot, round two through five. Uh, are seen as a sweet spot in what is considered a very deep draft at a host of positions. Uh, it wouldn't shock me, though, if the Bills at 10 don't like what they see there and try to get out. The question is, are they going to be able to find a viable trade partner? Because I think a lot of NFL teams realize that, like I said, the sweet spot in this draft is pretty much from round two through five, where you can get a lot of good value in what is a draft that's deep at running back, tight end, cornerback, uh, safety, and edge rusher. So, I think a lot of teams are going to be hesitant unless there's somebody they're absolutely in love with that's still on the board at 10 to try to swing a deal with the Bills in round one. I think if they want to trade back, it's probably more likely in round two or three. Let's say they do keep the 10th pick uh, on Thursday. Um, what uh, need do they want to fill that with, or are they going to go the best available route, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think they've got enough holes and enough positions where they can afford to go best player available there. And I, I think their outlook at pick 10 is we're picking in the top 10. We need to get an elite talent there. And I think, unfortunately, in this year's draft, while it is very deep at a lot of positions, I think it's thin in terms of truly elite players. I think a lot of, a lot of teams are of the opinion there are only seven to nine truly elite talents in this class. And so I think the hope for the Bills is that one of those or two of those top quarterback prospects go somewhere in front of them on the board to try to push some of those truly elite talents down. You know, so I think if there's a player like O.J. Howard that's sitting there, uh, you know, maybe uh, a Christian McCaffrey who's gotten an awful lot of pub lately, uh, these are kind of elite quality players. Maybe one of those safety slips, although it's unlikely. Uh, I know they'd be over the moon if Marshawn Lattimore slipped that far, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So that's the dilemma they're running into. I think there's a handful of players they'd love to have. I just don't think they're convinced that one of them's going to get all the way to 10. So even with uh, them maybe going best available at pick number 10, what's the biggest need you think the Bills are going to try to get in this draft? Is there a certain position that you think, man, they really have to cover this uh, in this year's draft, whether it's in the first round or with their other uh, seven picks or six picks, I should say? Yeah, I mean, I think cornerback is, is definitely a need position for them. You know, they lost Stephon Gilmore in free agency to New England. Uh, they didn't re-sign their reserve cornerback, Corey White, who I know Saints fans are familiar with to a certain extent. And then Nikhil Roby Coleman uh, was a player release, obviously a player that the new coaching staff didn't see fitting into their scheme. So cornerback's uh, obviously a need, and fortunately the draft is deep at that position. Wide receiver, while, like I said, they added some, you know, quote-unquote budgetary players in free agency, I don't think they have a proven number two by any stretch. So if they could address that somewhere in the first two days of the draft, they'd certainly like to do that to augment their talent level there uh, behind Sammy Watkins. And then linebacker is probably another position where they really have to add. They, they did not re-sign Zach Brown. Uh, after inking him to a one-year deal in last year's free agent market. He went to the Pro Bowl and was the team's leading tackler, but I just don't think there was a character match there between him and the new coaching staff. So they need a weak side linebacker in a big way for this 4-3 scheme. They need guys that can run and hit, 
uh, at the linebacker position, uh, knowing the type of athletes that Sean McDermott had down in Carolina in Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. They've got to find somebody of a similar skill set uh, to add to their second level of defense. Last question for you, and that starts with the QB position there. You have Tyrod Taylor, Cardell Jones. Do the Bills draft another QB this weekend, or are they going to wait maybe uh, later on the address? I know they have obviously those two guys, but do you think they draft a quarterback this weekend? I don't think that you can rule it out. Anything's on the table with uh, general manager Doug Whaley, who's known as a wheeler dealer uh, You know, during draft weekend. He's not afraid of any kind of deal. He'll sit and listen to anybody, and if he thinks it makes sense, he'll pull the trigger. Um, I think the value's got to be right for them. I think they have to be convinced. Uh, that the pick that they take matches up with the value, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, and I think the lack of consensus uh, with this quarterback class has got a lot of uh, – it's given pause, I think, to a lot of general managers around the league as to when the value is right for some of those guys. Uh, the Bills did sign uh, veteran backup T.J. Yates in free agency, so he is on the roster. Uh, the thing that I think runs counter to possibly taking a quarterback is the fact that you do have Cardell Jones in the pipeline right now, and I think it would be very hard for an NFL coaching staff to try to develop two young quarterbacks simultaneously to see what cream rises to the top. Uh, we all know the coaches work crazy hours. They're just trying to get the starter ready for a game week to try to carve out even more time to try to develop two young quarterbacks I think would be a big ask. So I'm kind of leaning against them. I think it's less than probably 40% chance that they take the quarterback. But, you know, if the value is right and they're on the clock, you know, I don't think we can completely dismiss it. All right. One more day to go for the NFL draft. Should be a fun one. And we know the Saints will keep an eye on what the Bills do since they're right before them there at pick number 10. Chris Brown, Bills insider for BuffaloBills.com. Chris, thanks for coming on and enjoy the draft this weekend. All right. Good to be with you. All right. We'll be right back. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. A new concert from Pink Floyd's visionary, Roger Waters, Us and Them. Saturday, July 8th, Smoothie King Center. Featuring songs from Pink Floyd's greatest albums, live in extraordinary quad sound. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, thanks again to John DeShazer today from NewOrleansSaints.com, Chris Brown from BuffaloBills.com, and Daniel Salerson, too. Draft coverage again begins tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central Time on NewOrleansSaints.com, and your Saints mobile app will be interviewing uh, the head coach, the general manager, and uh, other players uh, for the Saints before they head into the war room tomorrow night. That'll be a part of our draft night coverage uh, on Friday. We'll continue, of course, with plenty on the, or excuse me, on Thursday. We'll continue with plenty on Friday, and then we'll have uh, 
uh, late round coverage on Saturday before things uh, finally wrap up and then the undrafted free agent process begins. We hope that you'll join us. We've got a great crew putting stuff together even as we speak. Okay, a couple of Pelicans notes real quick before we get out of here on this Wednesday. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, yesterday the New Orleans Pelicans announced that the organization has received now six affirmative responses to the RFP uh, that went out last month with regard to an NBA D-League team. As you know, the Pelicans are efforting to uh, have their own D-League franchise. Soon it will be called the G-League, the Gatorade League. But um, play will begin not this coming season, the season after this next. And right now there are six affirmative responses from some great communities that's for sure. So far, Baton Rouge, Jackson, Mississippi, Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, St. Tammany Parish, Louisiana, and Shreveport, Louisiana have all responded uh, positively. And uh, those communities will continue now uh, in that process. It looks like the kind of the, the real the real deal, the real complete and detailed proposal that will go to the Pelicans uh, for a D-League franchise from interested communities uh, has to be in by June the 7th. So this is all going to move rather quickly. Uh, and one more thing I do want to remind you about that we've, we've talked about already Monday and Tuesday this week, but uh, it's your chance uh, your chance to win two tickets to the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival and the access to the Pelicans VIP hospitality area for May the 6th. Included is a Pelicans Festival swag pack, which includes festival chairs, a flag, hats, and more. You just have to go to pelicans.com. There you'll learn how to enter. You can also enter at pelicans.com. And then more details and everything else uh, can be found at Pelicans NBA on social media. I guess it's Twitter and Instagram uh, specifically. So follow at Pelicans NBA on your social media and make sure you get to pelicans.com to enter uh, the the French or the, uh, the sweepstakes here for the big uh, Pelicans VIP hospitality package at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Okay, that's going to do it for us on this podcast for the week. That's because we've got full-blown coverage of the NFL Draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be back on Monday. We'll wrap up the NFL Draft and the Saints Draft, obviously, on Monday. We'll have a show then Tuesday to kind of wrap up our podcast season. We're reaching now the end of the 16-17 uh, uh, Black and Blue Report season. That comes to a close next week before we take a break prior to the start of training camp in July. So, with that being said, have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Enjoy the NFL Draft. We'll be looking for you along the way at NewOrleansSaints.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.